0: Ever have one of those moments when you think, oh dear, I don't belong here. I'm not smart enough. Clearly, I'm underqualified. I'm going to screw this up. I better keep my mouth shut or they're going to find out I'm a fraud. Maybe it's when you're in an important meeting, or maybe it's when you're walking out on stage, or maybe it's when you're deciding whether or not to apply for that new job. It's called imposter syndrome, and today, we're gonna help you overcome that feeling. For starters, here's what you need to know. We're all imposters, every single one of us. Let's do this, let's talk about talk. Greetings and welcome to Talk About Talk. I'm your communication coach, Dr. Andrea Wojnicki. Please call me Andrea. Whether you're an ambitious executive looking to catapult your career, Or maybe you have a growth mindset. You're always looking to learn and improve your communication skills, or perhaps both. Well, you're in the right place. At Talk About Talk, we focus on communication skills topics like personal branding, listening, and storytelling. This is the critically important stuff that they don't teach you in school. It's what takes you from a B plus to an A plus in whatever it is you do. If you check out the TalkAboutTalk.com website, You'll find online corporate training, one-on-one coaching with me, online courses, the free weekly communication skills newsletter, and of course, the archive of this bi-weekly podcast. I really hope you'll go to the website right now and sign up for the free weekly communication skills training newsletter, but you can choose whatever works for you. Welcome to Talk About Talk, episode number 83. In this episode, we talk all about imposter syndrome. You know, when you walk into a meeting, or you're starting a new job, or maybe it's your first day at university. Whatever the context, you feel like an imposter, a fraud, uncomfortable, and your confidence, well, it's lacking. That's what we're talking about today. I'm going to define it for you, and then we'll talk about three ways that the discourse, the talk about imposter syndrome, has evolved. And then I'm going to take you through three ways to combat imposter syndrome. And you certainly can avoid this feeling. We're going to go through strategies to help you do just that. Sound good? Okay, let's get into this. As always, you don't need to take notes because I'm going to do that for you. I summarize everything for you at the end of this episode. And you can always access the printable episode show notes on the TalkAboutTalk.com website. So just keep doing whatever you're doing. Driving, or walking, or housework, or whatever. And by the way, if you're lying on the couch just listening, that's totally cool too. Let's start with the definition of imposter syndrome. You can think of imposter syndrome as feeling like a fraud, Feeling like a poser. Doubting your abilities. Lacking confidence. I was wondering, where did this term come from? Well, in 1978, psychologists Pauline Rose Clance and Suzanne Imes did some research on high-achieving women. And guess what? The term imposter phenomenon was born. It's important to note that specific research context They were studying executives who were considered high achieving and they were focusing on women. Hmm. Ever since then, people have been diagnosing imposter syndrome in themselves and particularly in women. Let's break this down. Imposter syndrome. There's the imposter part that basically means that you feel like a poser, like you're worried that you might get busted or identified as a fraud. And second, there's syndrome. In the original research, these academics, these psychologists, they labeled it as a phenomenon, but it morphed to syndrome, like an illness, something we suffer from, something we want to avoid. Regardless of whether it affects our performance, it's definitely unpleasant, right? So, imposter syndrome is a bad thing. We generally want to avoid it, and if we feel it, we want to get rid of it. It feels yucky. But how do we avoid imposter syndrome? Of course there's practice. We can work on our confidence. We can think of confidence as a skill that we can learn because it is a skill. Not convinced? Well, stay tuned. I'm gonna take you through three ways that the imposter syndrome discourse has shifted. It turns out that you might be thinking old school about imposter syndrome. And there might be an insight into the new way of thinking about this phenomenon that helps you. Intriguing, right? I'm also going to take you through three things that you can do to help alleviate that imposter feeling. I'm really hopeful that at least one of these insights or suggestions will resonate with you and help you avoid that horrible imposter feeling. Okay, first, three ways that the imposter syndrome discourse has shifted. First... And this is probably the most important thing you need to know. Everyone suffers from imposter syndrome. I read recently that Natalie Portman admitted publicly that she suffered from imposter syndrome. You probably know this, but Natalie Portman is an award-winning actress who's been in several Star Wars movies, and she won an Academy Award for her leading role in The Black Swan. Imposter syndrome? Apparently, yes. I have to tell you this. I remember years ago when I was a student at Harvard, I saw Natalie Portman a few times in William James Hall. That was the building where I took a lot of psychology classes. And she was there as an undergraduate student from 1999 to 2003. I was there from 2000 to 2005, so we overlapped for about three years. We weren't in any of the same classes, but we often ended up in the same elevator. And I remember noting how tiny she was and also noticing how people whispered and pointed at her a lot. I kind of felt sorry for her. Well, fast forward to 2015, when she came back to Harvard to give a commencement speech. I watched her speech on YouTube recently, and she's humble and witty. And that speech made me admire her even more. I'll leave a link to the YouTube video in the show notes. Anyway, in that speech, she admitted that when she was at Harvard, she worried that she was the quote-unquote admission mistake. Honestly, Natalie. We all worried about that. She also said that she worried she wasn't smart enough and that, quote, every time I opened my mouth, I would have to prove that I wasn't just a dumb actress. Yes, Natalie Portman felt like an imposter. Back to my point. Everyone feels like an imposter. Frankly, if you never feel like an imposter, that's probably more of a concern. So there's Natalie Portman, but then there's Warren Buffett, Michelle Obama, Bill Gates, Howard Schultz, yeah, he's the CEO of Starbucks, and Tina Fey, do you know that name? Apparently, Tina said, I've realized that almost everyone is a fraud, so I try not to feel too bad about that. That is funny. There's also Viola Davis, I love her. I can't imagine her not feeling confident, but apparently she too feels like an imposter. Do you get the idea here? I could go on and on and on. And yes, including moi, I definitely have imposter syndrome. Like every single time I try something new, be it podcasting or parenting or painting or really anything. You may notice that this list I just shared with you, there are men on this list. Of course, men also lack confidence sometimes. That said, There's no question that this term is more often affiliated with women. Why? Well, I can think of at least two good reasons. The first is that the original research that I just told you about where the term was coined came from a study of female executives. And secondly, it seems that women more often suffer from a lack of confidence. I read recently that men will typically apply for jobs when they possess a smaller fraction of the required skills to successfully perform the job. No imposter syndrome there, right? Whereas women won't even apply unless they get all the check marks. Every single one. Wow, let's think about this for a minute. If you get every single check mark on a job description, then I think you're overqualified. Am I right? But let me get back to my main point here. The fact that the discourse has shifted in terms of imposter syndrome. We now know that virtually Everyone suffers from it, even men and even incredibly successful people. So we just need to get over ourselves. We're not that special, at least not when it comes to imposter syndrome. The second way that the imposter syndrome discourse has shifted is in terms of focusing less on improving people's confidence and more on changing toxic work environments. I absolutely have witnessed this. Have you? It reminds me of a social psychology theory that I seem to be referencing a lot lately. It's called attribution theory. And basically this theory is exactly what it sounds like, attributions. So there are various contexts where we humans might attribute or blame a person versus a situation, a context. And when it comes to imposter syndrome, we used to always blame the person, the person who was quote unquote, suffering. But nowadays, we might be more likely to also consider why that person feels that way and consider how their work environment, for example, might alleviate this feeling of being an imposter. Let me just say, I hope this trend continues. So that's the second way that the imposter syndrome has evolved. The third way that the imposter syndrome has shifted is the simple acknowledgement that confidence does not equal competence. Let's just take a step back. A few minutes ago, I shared with you how the term imposter syndrome was coined. Do you remember? It was two psychology academics who were researching high-achieving women. High-achieving. Successful. Imposter syndrome was a common theme amongst these successful women. So, I'm not saying that feeling like an imposter will make you successful. But I am saying that many successful people, perhaps most, do experience imposter syndrome at times. And a lack of confidence certainly does not mean that you will not be successful. Did you get that double negative? Simply put, confidence does not equal competence. In fact, research indicates that overconfidence, call it arrogance, is inversely correlated with leadership success. Of course it is. So, be humble people. Humility can be a strength. So there you go. Three ways that the discourse has shifted the way the talk has changed in terms of imposter syndrome. We now acknowledge that one, most of us suffer from imposter syndrome. Two, we should be focusing on toxic work environments not just on how individuals should overcome imposter syndrome. And three, people with imposter syndrome can be successful. Confidence does not equal competence. Now, moving on to three things that you can do to avoid or alleviate imposter syndrome. I'm guessing this is what you were waiting for. Number one, remind yourself of context. I also like to call this one, get over yourself. In fact, that is exactly what I sometimes say to myself when I'm feeling like an imposter. Get over yourself, Andrea. But how do you do that? Well, consider your context. First of all, everyone has imposter syndrome. Remember that list of people that I shared? And furthermore, these are important, successful celebrities who have admitted publicly to suffering from imposter syndrome. But beyond that, I have further evidence of this Prevalence of imposter syndrome. Can you guess which talk about talk episode is number one in terms of all time downloads? It's the episode on confidence. And I'll leave a link to that episode in the show notes. There's lots of related tips and strategies there. But my point here is that downloads don't lie. Lots and lots of people are interested in improving their confidence, in avoiding or alleviating imposter syndrome. And furthermore, confidence is easily also the number one most common question that I get from listeners and from clients. They want to know how to appear and how to feel confident. One more thing before I move on from this point. As I said, many impressive people talk about suffering from imposter syndrome. I would add that the most important, impactful, and innovative people in history were all imposters. They had to be, right? No one else was doing what they were doing. So here's the thing. If you're feeling like an imposter, remind yourself of context. Start with the fact that everyone feels imposter syndrome. Also in terms of context is the fact that how you feel can be different from how you appear. Especially if you practice a lot, like I do. In front of a microphone or in front of an audience, you can start to appear more confident than you feel. In other words, people might not even notice that you're feeling nervous. So like I said, get over yourself. One last thing in terms of context. Recently, as you might know, I interviewed Hall of Fame award-winning podcaster Dave Jackson. Yes, even Dave admitted that he sometimes suffers from imposter syndrome. And he had some wise words for us in terms of our confidence. Dave reminded us that you do not need to be the number one world's greatest expert. You just need to know a little bit more than your audience. Great point. And that kind of takes the pressure off. Am I right? Okay, so that's the first tip in terms of alleviating your imposter syndrome. Remind yourself of context. Context, as in everyone feels this way. Context in terms of how we appear can be different from how we feel and Confidence in terms of taking the pressure off. You don't need to be the world's number one expert. Get over yourself. Okay? Now, the second tip. You can overcome imposter syndrome by shifting the focus to your strength. My friend Jill Nicolation reminded me of this one recently when I interviewed her about communication skills for leaders. I asked her whether she experiences imposter syndrome, and she surprised me with a wholehearted yes. I asked her what she's done to overcome it, and she told me that she's learned to lean into her strength. She's heard from others, and now she believes herself that she has a real, unique strength in identifying strategic consumer insights. So, whenever she feels that lack of confidence, that surge of adrenaline, she reminds herself of this superpower. So here's the question. What's your superpower? What is your unique strength? And this superpower, this unique strength, this is your personal brand. So the other way to think about this is whenever you feel imposter syndrome, think, focus on your personal brand, on your unique strengths. I promise you this will make you feel more confident. Whether you're in a board meeting or you're getting ready to walk up on stage, remind yourself of that thing that you know you can do better than most people. If you're in a meeting and you're feeling like you don't belong, raise your hand and make a comment that's rooted in your strength. If you're like Jill, whose strength is identifying insights, you could say, I have an idea, an insight that might help us here. If your strength is numbers, talk about the numbers. If you're a subject matter expert, then speak up about that subject matter. You could say, based on my experience in whatever it is, lean into your superpower and into your personal brand. Okay, so that's the second of three main tips to avoid or alleviate imposter syndrome. The third and last tip is to try some confidence hacks. I've got two frameworks for you that I promise will help you out. The first framework is the four Ps. I go over that one in detail in Talk About Talk podcast episode number 58. In the following episode, you'll learn about the ABCDEs of communicating with confidence but let's just go into the four Ps for a minute here. The four Ps of preparing to communicate with confidence include practice, proverb, pep talk, and pirate. Did you get that? Practice, as in rehearsing. Of course, you're not gonna feel like an imposter if you've practiced and you know your subject matter inside and out. Proverb, as in adopting a mantra. Pep Talk, as in getting a friend or a trusted colleague to give you a pep talk and boosting your confidence. And the fourth P is Pirate, as in copying or emulating someone else's confidence. Got that? Practice, Proverb, Pep Talk, and Pirate. My challenge to you is to choose just one of these four Ps and to see how it goes. And as I said, there's lots more detail on these tips in Talk About Talk episode number 58. What do I do? Well, of course I practice. As much as I possibly can. In fact, that's how I got over my horrible case of imposter syndrome. I'd call it stage fright. The second P? Proverb, as in mantra. I always have a mantra. Sometimes it's a customized mantra for a specific context, like, say, an important speech or an exam. But otherwise, I just whisper to myself, I got this. The third P is pep talk. I lean on my friends Angie and Kimberly for pep talks. Thanks, ladies. The last P is pirate. And personally, as some of you may know, I like to copy or emulate Madonna's incredible confidence when she's on stage. Yes, it's true. So that's the third of three tips for avoiding or alleviating imposter syndrome. Try some confidence hacks, starting with the four P's. And guess what? That's it. I hope you learned a few things that will help you overcome imposter syndrome. Let me briefly, and I mean briefly, summarize. We first defined imposter syndrome, and I shared where the term came from. Psychologists Pauline Rose Clance and Suzanne Imes did some research on high-achieving women and found that many, and perhaps most, felt like frauds, like posers. And thus, the term imposter phenomenon was born. And then I shared the three ways that the imposter syndrome discourse or talk has shifted. First, it turns out that everyone suffers from imposter syndrome, from Natalie Portman to Bill Gates and everyone in between. The second way that the discourse has shifted is in terms of focusing less on improving people's confidence and more on changing toxic work environments. Thank goodness. The third way that the imposter syndrome has shifted is a simple acknowledgement that confidence does not equal competence. And last, I also shared three things that we can all do starting right now to avoid or alleviate imposter syndrome. First, remind yourself of context. As I said, I like to call this one, get over yourself. Andrea, you're not so special. Everyone has imposter syndrome. And they might not even notice that you're nervous. And, as Dave Jackson reminds us, you don't need to be the world's greatest expert. Okay, the second thing you can start doing right now is shift the focus to your unique strength. Lean into your superpower and your personal brand. The third and last thing that you can do right now to help you overcome imposter syndrome is to try some simple confidence hacks. I suggest you start with the four P's of preparing to communicate with confidence. What are the four P's again? There's practice, proverb, pep talk, and pirate. Practice, as in rehearsing. Proverb, as in adopting a mantra. Pep talk, as in getting a friend or a trusted colleague to give you a pep talk and boost your confidence. And pirate, as in copying or emulating someone else's confidence. Okay, that's it. As I said, I really hope that you can find just one hack, one tip, one strategy there that really resonates with you and helps you personally overcome imposter syndrome. I'd love to hear what it is. You can email me anytime at andrea at talkabouttalk.com. You can also connect with me through the TalkAboutTalk.com website, where you'll also find a printable version of this episode, including a summary, the transcript, plus a list of imposter syndrome references, all in the show notes. As I said, just go to the TalkAboutTalk.com website. And while you're there, I really hope you'll sign up for the TalkAboutTalk newsletter, if you're not signed up already. This is your chance to get free communication skills coaching from me every week in a simple to digest email. I promise, no spam and no more than one email per week. Just go to talkabouttalk.com to sign up or email me directly and I'll add you to the list. As I said, I love hearing from you. Please email me at andrea at talkabouttalk.com. One last thing, please don't forget, we're all imposters. Got that? Thanks for listening and talk soon.